Isn't that kind of baked into our American culture? We're free, don't tell me what to do. We like our Western movies and going out and there's no, you know, there's some little bit of sheriffs, but there's no real law here. I can go wherever I want, I can do what I want to do. And I, I was thinking about this in the context of music. You might not know what song has been the, so Billboard does this top 100 list, the most popular song. Well, you probably can't guess, maybe if you're, maybe the younger people, or maybe if you work with some young people, you might know this answer. But the, the, the chart just changed. And someone, the, there's a new song that has been number one for the most consecutive weeks in a row. And so it was people like Mariah Carey and other people. But the new number one all-time record goes to Lil Nas X, the country rapper, for his song Old Town Road, about riding your horse, go where you want. And the chorus refrain in a lot of young people's minds all summer from April to August, number one. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. And that feeds into where we are, especially in our teenage and our young 20s years of, I've been told what to do for so long. I got my agency. Let me do my life. But that doesn't actually go away. We all have that feeling. We all have those moments of, I want control. And so in the midst of that, what on earth is it to be the church in which we're saying, actually we're coming, we're proclaiming Jesus as Lord. In a culture that's so used to wanting to celebrate, I get to do what I want, what is it to be magnetized around proclaiming God, King of all? And so I think Paul is facing this in the text that we read today. He's dealing with the first, uh, in first Corinthians, he's dealing with the church in Corinth. There. And they had a lot of factions and a lot of problems. And I always am amazed when people feel like churches today have problems and they feel like that's a new thing. Churches have always had struggles to figure out how to discern how God is ruling in their lives. And so Paul is dealing with a community who the rich and the poor are separated. And he has to get on with them about, hey, rich people who get there early to communion, wait on the other people. Let them show up so they can eat too. And he's dealing with people who feel like their gifts, their skills are more important than somebody else's gifts and skills. And he's dealing with people who are saying, well, I follow Peter. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. And they can't get along. They can't find unity. And it's into that world that Paul speaks in our text today. Paul talks and he says, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God who ever says, Let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I want us to pause and to celebrate the good news of the text that Jesus is Lord, not me, not you, not the President, not the Pope, not anybody we place in that. But Jesus is the Lord of all. And that that is a, a beautiful and a good thing because we also often fail when we're in charge and control uh, our own selfish interests and stuff, unravel things that even on our best intentions. 
And I don't want us to lose sight in our modern context how radical it is for Paul to use the language of Jesus as Lord. Because in that time, the most important, most powerful person in the world is Caesar. And everyone is going around saying, Caesar is Lord. And what is it for a bunch of nobodies from a nowhere land to go around proclaiming a crucified Jesus as Lord? How crazy that might sound to the general public. That, you know, who rules in my life is this guy that, that was raised in Nazareth. This guy that sided with all these, these poor people and these nobodies. But that's who's Lord of my life. And I think that many of us know the hesitation, the fear, maybe of telling somebody that you know, uh, have you ever broken the news to someone that you're a Christian? And there might be that slight pause or hesitation, like, I wonder what they're going to think when I tell them this. I wonder what they're going to think when I say that I belong to this, this long tradition of people who follow after Christ. But think about that early church and how crazy they must have sounded to the average person celebrating this, this peasant, this guy from Nazareth, is Lord of all. And I think that one thing that we might not notice is we shouldn't be embarrassed by Jesus. You're probably embarrassed by people who are following Jesus. That when you get fearful about telling people of your faith, you might be fearful about associating with other people who also are trying to follow Jesus and have messed things up and have fallen short, just like we also do. But Jesus is someone that, even in today's society, even someone who has no faith in Christianity, you can talk about Jesus and people can appreciate, can can learn from and celebrate who Jesus was. That Jesus, we shouldn't be ashamed of him, that he associated with, that he celebrated, that he championed for the sake of those who were powerless, those who were poor, those who were mistreated, that Jesus sided with them, that Jesus sought for healing for those who were broken or ill or, or cut off from community. That Jesus challenged those who were in power for their role in causing some of this harm and pain. And that Jesus would suffer along with those who he was calling. We shouldn't be ashamed that Jesus is Lord of our lives. And I think people want to know why our faith matters in today's world. Not just, well, you go to church. Not just, okay, you identify as a Christian. But how does your life live that out, that your faith matters. And Jesus' life is a beautiful model and example for all of us, that everyday life, walking in the public square, walking into the, to the worship uh, services, walking out into uh, divisive places, walking out to where people won't go, you can be the hands and feet of Christ in all of your life, and just remember, just like we need to have a little bit more compassion, uh, a little bit more empathy for those who fall short, who claim that identity as Christian, uh, we will also fall short at moments. But we should always celebrate that Christ is Lord. 
Now Paul warned us that not everybody will say Christ is Lord. And sometimes our own lives, we don't actually live out that Christ is Lord in our lives. And so maybe you're like Job and you've had a moment where someone is just saying, hey, curse God and die. And there are moments in our lives where our allegiance, our loyalty, our faith are challenged and we have to decide whether we want to continue to say yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus as Lord of our lives. And I know that I wouldn't be here uh, with you in this community if at some moments in my life I hadn't said yes to Jesus. Um, growing up in a church that I didn't really connect with and didn't uh, and I had a lot of toxicity and ugly stuff going on. There were a lot of moments that this moment would sound completely crazy. And there's a lot of things that you said yes to in your life of why you're here as well. There are good moments and bad moments in which you've affirmed uh, your commitment to God. Some of us might be here and maybe you've never felt that full commitment, but that invitation is always there. Some of us we've said yes, and, and maybe we've we've wandered in our lives, uh, aren't fully living that faithfully. And you have another chance to say yes to Jesus as the Lord of your life. And I appreciate that in our text and in and in the world that Jesus as Lord looks like beautiful, uh, wonderful, loving community. It is something worth striving for. It's something that's worth living under. And Paul talks in our message about what kind of community Christ calls us to be. He talks about the beautiful diversity of the church. And here's what Paul said. Now there are varieties of gifts of the same spirit. There are varieties of services of the same Lord. There are varieties of activities but it is the same God who activates all of them and everyone. And so Paul's proclaiming that there's a beautiful diversity in God's kingdom, and it's not a uniformity. The church and God's kingdom is not just cookie cutter. And sometimes we're bad at that. Because maybe you've known or know stories of um, missionaries who go and make very white American churches in, in another spot. And don't, don't try to figure out how to talk and speak into uh, the community that they're going to. Um, but Paul doesn't try to proclaim that there's this one cookie-cutter kind of church or kingdom of God. It's a diverse community, a diverse kingdom. There's a variety of gifts and services and activities. Yet it's the same God who empowers all of them. And I think that that's one of the things that I love about real-life church is that all of us have our own gifts and skills and interests and that no one of our skills or interests or gifts are better than the other, but God speaks and uses all of them. And so I appreciate that we serve God in all sorts of ways, that we have a uh, personal care meeting on Thursday nights to help care for uh, those who need hygiene product and products um, from our pantry. I appreciate that we have a blessing box, which people were really pausing at this weekend as people walked to the festival. Um, so know if you contributed to that blessing box, the community sees that, they appreciate it, uh, it makes a difference in people's lives. That we go and serve at Emmanuel Food, Emmanuel Lutheran's Food Pantry, uh, giving food to people who are hungry, 
is not because of what we get out of it, but because we are called by our Lord and Savior uh, to be a part of uh, justice and peace in this world. I appreciate that we have all sorts of ways of serving God. Here we've got, um, we're helping contribute for kids to read books, getting them books. We have book studies that people can come and read and learn from each other. We've got Sunday school classes and youth groups and breakfasts and all sorts of activities with the same Lord, the same mission that God is ruling all of our lives and it's coming out in different ways. And so one of the things that I appreciate in our community is also that we have two kinds of worship services that we are able to contribute um, to our mission and reach people in our community and outside our walls who come looking for different things, who connect, who encounter God in different kinds of ways. And we value that it's important that we do both of those things. And so we have, it doesn't matter what kind of gift or service or activity, it's the same God, the same Lord of all. And so I think there are people in Jackson in need of good news who can show up, who can be ministered to through our morning worship. There are people in Jackson in need of good news who can show up and be ministered to through our modern worship. Same Lord of all, no matter how that gets expressed. No matter how we all choose to live out our diversity. And I hope that as a community that we reach out and that we realize that none of the services that we offer are just about pleasing us. But it's about how do I reach that person in the community who's still in need of that goodness, who's never encountered it, who's never um, seen Jesus as the Lord, and all of its beauty and all of its goodness. So how do we continue to orient our, ourselves and our service and our worship so that we're all reaching out and the mission of God's kingdom to bring the diversity of God's people into God's embrace? And so one of the things that I appreciate and that I hope that we can get to is how do we do these things well, how do, we, how do we live out all of these various ways that we minister to the community? How do we do these different worship services? How do we do them where we show that we are unified in our, our service to God? How do we show that we are a unified body of Christ that is diverse? That's always the challenge and the tension of how do we do that well, a diverse kingdom of God? And so one of my hopes for us is that we can learn how to bring our different kinds of worship, our different kinds of service closer together in the spirit, where everyone learns to appreciate each other, where we're excited about what God's doing even when we're not in that space. So maybe you can't go to a Friday morning book group, but you can be so excited that God is moving in a Friday morning book group. Or maybe you can't make it out on a Thursday night, but you can be excited about what God is doing at personal care on a Thursday night. And the same is true for our worship services, that maybe I prefer traditional, or maybe I prefer modern worship, but I am so glad that God is moving in both of those places. And even when I'm not there, thank God that we are moving our community in these other spaces. And so I hope that we grow in our ability to serve God together. 
I hope that we grow in our ability to submit to, to Christ's rule in our lives. I hope we grow in our ability to see that God is at work in things that are even not my things. And so whether it's our worship services or whether it's people who can't join us for worship, for those who are shut-ins that they can't get out, people who are traveling, people who have moved away, that we recognize that the same God is Lord in their space and their lives, that the same God that's here living in ours. That we can learn that those who are new in our community have their own faith stories, their own insights that we can learn from, and we can learn what God is doing in their life. That we can learn what God is doing outside our walls, our community. That we can look down the street in an age of competitiveness and thank God for what God's doing at St. Paul's Episcopal or the First Congregational Church or the First United Methodist Church and say, I'm glad that they are here and that they are ministering to Jackson. It's not just about us. The same Lord of all. Because it's easy to be jealous. It's easy to be competitive. But God calls us to this joint, beautiful, diverse kingdom together. And so I hope that this is a moment in our, in our walk together, and that this season might be a time where you can reflect on how is God calling me um, to commit to some new things? So maybe God is asking you for something, and you say yes to it. Maybe it's a new role, a new way to minister to people. Uh, maybe it's uh, showing up to something new, something that you haven't been around before. Whatever God is inviting you to, may you say yes this week. And I hope that, you know, every week we pray the Lord's Prayer in the service. We say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I hope we mean that every time we say that. Because it's actually really hard. But maybe hearing those around us say it with us can empower you to say yes, can help encourage you to say yes to God each week. And I think about our own struggles to do diversity well together. I want to kind of close us with this image. Uh, you might have heard me talk about um, an, an ecumenical communion service that I got to be a part of in Atlanta, Atlanta back when we were there. Back in 2012. It was when we thought political things were so divisive in 2012. And the group said, hey, people are so divided. On election day, when everyone's at their most divided, what is it to have a worship service where we take communion together and recognize I actually have one Lord? And in the midst of our ways of trying to serve our communities as well as we can and trying to discern where God is leading us in our public lives, how do we recognize that God is actually in charge, that God calls us to proclaim Christ as Lord. And so we, we gathered seven different kinds of churches, Episcopalian and Methodists and Disciples of Christ and non-denominational and a Baptist church, and I'm leaving some people out. Uh, but what was interesting was all of these groups have to take communion in a little different kinds of ways. We all were learning how to take communion together to do this image and do this symbolism. And so we had our juice and bread station. We had our wine and bread station. We had our gluten-free.
free bread and juice station. But on a day when people are naturally divided, what is the plan of Jesus is Lord together? And, and part of why I, I love sharing the story, and I, you'll hear the story again, I'm sure, is the beauty of seeing, even after all these communities took communion together, to see these different ministers of these different traditions, which were all dressed according to what their community would find comfortable. So everything from robes and stoles to uh, casual attire. And, and all of these different clergy then turning to each other and serving communion to each other in ways that we don't often get to see. And I think today is a wonderful day because with our joint worship service this morning, with going out in our community, it's a moment for us to see the fact uh, that there's so much bigger things than our usual division points. That God is so much bigger, so much greater, and is moving in more ways than we can see. And so, in a minute after this sermon, we're going to actually take communion together, and I'm going to talk through that in a second. But we thought it would be a meaningful experience when we're all gathered here on this day to take communion together. And then after the service, we're going to just have more fellowship meals. We're going to eat meals with our community out there uh, and work at being closer to our neighborhood as well. So if, I, if you would just join me in a prayer, then we pray that Christ might be Lord of us today. Lord, you know each of our hearts. You know when I have said no to you. You know when everyone here has had moments of saying no. Lord, we ask that you continue to work in our hearts and that our guests wouldn't be begrudgingly. It wouldn't be with hesitation. But that our guests would be joyous and celebrating how you are at work in the world are, and, and we just want to be a part of it. Lord, I ask that you would just make your presence felt in this community. Uh, Lord, that we would see where you are taking us and that we would become excited and celebrate that. Lord, help us to proclaim your presence in our midst and not to be ashamed or silent, but to be able to celebrate you. Jesus, in your name, I pray. Amen.